Welcome back to Missing. I am Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic today, Tim. I'm really glad that we are airing this episode and keeping the visibility, the spotlight on this individual who's still missing, Alicia Markovich. But before we get to it, Tim, first, I hope all of our listeners are doing great, and I hope you're doing great. Thanks a lot. Yes, I am doing well. Thanks for asking. And yeah, th this conversation is definitely sad. We speak about the disappearance of Alicia Markovich, who disappeared in 1987 from her dad's house in Blairsville, Pennsylvania. She's classified as endangered, and she'd be about 50 years old today, but she was 15 years old when she went missing in 1987. She stood 5'2", 120 pounds, and if you have any information, you can call the Pennsylvania State Police at 724-832-3288. And it's always a pleasure to have people on the show that are so closely connected to someone who's a victim. And we have Lorian, who was Alicia's childhood friend, and she's trying her best to embark on this independent investigation at times, she fully admits, like, I don't know certain things, and she's just getting the information almost in real time. And if you're watching on YouTube and you have any suggestions for her, feel free to show support. Leave anything that you can, suggestions on how she should keep going in the comments. We know that people read them, and if she's not, we'll direct her to those comments as long as they're supportive. And if you love missing and want to hear it ad-free, you can get that at missing.supportingcast.fm, where every episode is ad-free, and we do a weekly bonus show called Hidden Opinions. And I got to say, Tim, the weekly bonus show that we just did about this case, Alicia Markovich, was pretty close to fire, I will say, because there's some elements here that get us all worked up, including, but not limited to, the fact that... Alicia's father married Alicia's mother when she was 13 and he was 20, which really is a gigantic red flag. So if you want to hear that, give him the address again. It's missing.supportingcast.fm. And this case came into private investigations for the missing Lance. Listeners can check that out at investigationsforthemissing.org. That is the nonprofit that we are on the board of that was founded by Bruce Maitland, who is Brianna Maitland's father. Of course, Brianna Maitland is missing from Montgomery, Vermont. And a big shout out to Kathleen Studer, who helped with the research for part one of our conversation about Alicia's disappearance. All right, please follow us on social media at MissingCSM. Thanks a lot for listening. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch 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 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we are being joined now by Lori, Alicia Markovich's friend. How are you today, Lori? I'm doing good, thank you. Good, good. Thanks for joining us from what appears to be a cabin retreat in the in the uh, like on a lake. I picture you on the edge of a lake. You have a very cabiny background behind you and a little Charlie Chaplin guy. Yeah, no, this is my dining room. It's it's I'm a little suburban suburban area in California. It's my favorite room. <laughs> well, I can see why. It's got a nice uh, warm glow to it, a nice warm feeling to it. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of back home. This That's why it's my, one of my favorite rooms. Okay, what a good segue. Uh, <laughs> thank you uh, for, for joining us to talk about your friend Alicia. And you mentioned back home. Can you give us a bit of background on yourself and then maybe how you met Alicia and what type of person she was? Sure. Um, I grew up in Winber, Pennsylvania. Um, I moved out here right after high school when I was 18. I met Alicia in kindergarten. Uh, we became really good friends, probably around 12 or 13. You know, she she was she was a very popular girl. She was we call her spunky because that's kind of the personality she had. She was funny. She was outspoken. You know, she she had a great heart. When did you move out of that area? I moved out in 1990, right after I graduated. And you've been following Alicia's case all these years. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I um, created a website for her on Facebook, Alicia Markovich Remembrance. And that started in, I think it was about 2011, 2010, 2011. I put that up just to kind of keep track of her case and any new information that might have come through. It's a really fascinating, and I don't mean that, it's just for lack of a better word. It's a really fascinating story. When we're looking through the details of Alicia's disappearance, it starts to unfold in a almost like a novel. It almost like a like a mystery novel. There's a lot of characters and a lot of details, and we can get into as much as you know about or as much as you remember. But can you take us back to uh, 1987 to when you met Alicia? Do you have some fond memories or some distinct memories of meeting her and maybe some of the activities that the two of you would do together? Um, I actually met her in fourth, in kindergarten. That was when we were five, six, you know, that, that was what, 77. And uh, we went to school all through grade school, all through up until she vanished. And uh, just the typical grade school hanging around, you know, but we really didn't hang around each other outside of school until we were about 12 or 13, but we'd hang out at her house, listening to music, do our homework. We'd walk up and down our main street, which we called Grand Avenue and hang out at the community building. You know, the typical teenager things we did. What kind of music did you listen to? She listened to mostly anything, but I I preferred like back then, like the Bon Jovi, the hair bands, but there was some rap that we listened to and some metal, but it was mostly the, the hair bands. Correct answer. <laughs> and what inspired you to start the Facebook page? Uh, just that I was not hearing anything on her case, anything moving on it. You know, there, it was just like stagnant, like no, everybody forgot about her disappearance that, and so I started the page and every time I had time, I would get on and I would do a Google 
or a Yahoo or whatever it was search engine back then and do her name and nothing really ever popped up. And so I decided I would start that as just like a keeper of any websites or any information that I found on her case. And it was very slim back then. From your memory, what do you recall of the disappearance and the events leading up to it? There really wasn't much um, talked about when she disappeared. It wasn't talked about hardly at all. Um, and we, you know, kids back then, you know, the, not, not to be heard, you seen, not heard kind of thing. And so there really wasn't much said to us about anything that was going on or, or what events were going taking place to look for her. Now, I know she, uh, I wasn't with her that weekend, but a few of my friends were, but from my gathering, what they told me that she really didn't want to go on this visit, but felt she had to for some reason. Okay. So from your perspective, one day she was essentially just gone. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Just one day she was just gone. You know, we assumed that she would return, but never did. Did you think she ran away? No, no. Not at all. She had a boyfriend. She had a lot of girlfriends, a lot of friends, very popular. You know, there was absolutely no reason for her to run away. And you mentioned that she went on a trip or she went to go visit someone. Yeah, her dad. That Sunday was the visitation with her dad that weekend. And she had a lot going on that weekend. So we don't even understand why that visit was even put in place. What else did she have going on? Uh, she had a cousin's wedding that Saturday, and then that Sunday they had a fundraiser for the track team that she was on. Oh, I see. And other than being divorced, I, I'm assuming that her parents were divorced because you said she had a visitation with her father. Other yes. than them being divorced, what was the relationship like in her family? Um, that I could not tell you, really, other than what I've seen whenever I was there. But her and her mom, you know, the typical teenage fights, you know, but they got along. They they. You know, they pretty much grew up together because Marcy was young when she had Alicia. But they, from what I saw, they got along on the most part other than the typical teenager rebellion. And did her parents divorce when she was really young or was it more of a recent She event? was nine, I believe, when they divorced. Okay. And she was 15 when she disappeared? Yes. Okay. And did Marcy suspect that she could have ran away? No, Marcy knew there was no reason for her to run away also. So as you were putting together the Facebook website for her, were you starting to discover some details about the disappearance that you didn't remember or maybe something that you might have uncovered? Yeah, we, uh, as my girlfriend, Jindy, me and her, were kind of going through all the newspaper articles and things that we've been told and heard. And there's a lot of details in the case that we actually didn't know about until within the last past year that we started the new awareness. Well, great job on the new awareness. You've definitely uh, helped spread the word in very positive uh, ways and a positive direction. Uh, Jindy was supposed to join us here at, at uh, one point, but, um, but she, she, I guess, decided not to. Wait, what is she, um, like, how do, how do you guys work together? We do mostly through text messaging because she is in Pennsylvania. But through text messaging, emails, you know, we have a private Facebook group that we kind of talk back and forth on. That's how we kind of keep track of what we're doing and 
what we're reading. And Jindy was a friend of Alicia as well? She was also best friend with Alicia, yes. Yeah, we all went to school together. And you had just mentioned that while you were going over all of this information, you started seeing some of these details. What, what were the things that came up that you were discovering? Just kind of like the, the off comments that the dad would make, you know, saying that she was human traffic, possibly, and just kind of a bunch of weird excuses and, and reasons why she no longer is here. And um, and then the letter, there's a, the hoax letters. Now we found out that there's actually was two of them, not just one. So there's there's details out there that we still don't know because they the police don't even share it with us. Sure. Where was this location where Alicia went to visit her dad? Well, her father picked her up from her mother's house. And so that was the last time anybody really ever saw her was when he picked her up from her mother's in Winver, Pennsylvania. And they were supposed to go to his home in Blairsville, which was on Dunn Avenue. And it's just maybe 20 feet from his house, Route 22. And that's where we also put the billboard sign up last year for, for a couple months. And so it's about a 45-minute drive in between. So nobody saw her after she left her mom's house, except her father, who picked her up. Right. And he didn't stop for gas or food or anything that you'd know of? He has never told anybody, uh, or that maybe the police, but he's never really told anybody in the public what he did from the time he picked her up until the time that he called Marcy at one in the morning. Were, were they on bad terms, John and Marcy, at that time? Do you know? There was a child support hearing coming up. Ten days after Alicia disappeared was the day of the hearing. We found out that he actually received that letter for the hearing either the day before he took her on the visit or the Friday before he took her on the visit. That was one of the details we found out also. Wow. Yeah. Well done on that. Um, how is your working relationship with Pennsylvania state police? We have an open conversation, but they really don't give us any information. We, we can ask them questions, but if it's not public, they won't really tell us anything. Right. It's been 35 years, though. I'm sure all the original investigators are long retired. Um, did They apparently are still working the case. Yeah, there is a um, I think when we started the awareness, they decided to take another look at it because there was at one time I was told that the file was in Greensburg and not with Indiana. So we're hoping that they've got somebody good looking at it and, and figuring something out, because with today's technology, there's really no reason for this case not to be blown wide open and investigated or even other people interviewed. I, I can't believe I've forgotten to ask like such an obvious question. What was John's story, her father's story? Uh, just that they um, had an argument about, um, see, we found so many different scenarios from her grades to her friends, to her boyfriends, to the child support, and that she took off. And he told her to be home by eight. And when she didn't, he went to all her friends in that area looking for her. And I've actually spoke to quite a few of them in that area. And none of them said they saw John that day. He never came to them asking where she was or if they saw her. Nothing. And they never saw her either. No. He 
Yeah, and the trailer park was two mile walk from his house. And then downtown Blairville is also a two mile walk. And then you've got to cross the freeway to get to either places, which there's nowhere to really cross within those two mile, two mile distances. And, and if you look at video from back in that day, that freeway is very busy. I don't foresee nobody seeing a young girl crossing that street highway and there's no other way around you kind of have to go over it yep huh yeah because there's there's no off-ramp on-ramp in that area back then there wasn't anyways and do you know what john said to marcy when he called just that she's gone marcy she's gone and marcy was what what do you mean she's gone and that's he told her that he was looking for her since eight o'clock and can't find her and it wasn't typical for her in any circumstance to run away or leave her parents. No, when she, there was an she never did, she's never done that. No, and she had so many, so many of us. We, if she was having issues, we would have took her. You know, we would hit her at our houses for a day or two until things got settled. And she had a boyfriend that would have took her, no problem. She had stayed at your at your place at times when there was some oh, turmoil. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and even when there wasn't, she'd stay at my house sometimes. Right. Same with my girlfriend, Jindy. You know, she stayed with her a few times, too. And was there ever any indication that there was physical abuse from the father or anybody? If there was, she never talked about it with us. You know, we're kind of thinking differently nowadays after seeing everything. But she never openly talked about any type of abuse. And how old was John at the time? Thirty-five. And how old was um, her mom? Marcy would have been like 24, 25. Yeah, she was, in, she was in her early 20s. And are they both still with us? Yes, both Marcy and John are still alive. Do you have contact with either of them? Marcy I talk to every so often, but John, no. No. I've, I have another girl that we um, talked to. She's actually messaged him and called him to see if he wanted to be part of our new awareness and no answer that's pretty disappointing absolutely did he have other children no she was the only one from our actually you know what no he did have another child i did not actually was not aware of it until this past year that it was his child yeah he had a son that's younger than alicia not with marcy no this is a different marriage and when was alicia reported missing that Monday, I believe, John and Marcy went to Blairsville and filed a missing persons report. So pretty quickly. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah, but there was an article in the newspaper, I think a week later, a little tiny ad saying that she, there's tried saying she ran away. Nowadays, that would never happen. They would have went right into a missing persons case, not a runaway case. Right. Yeah. Why, why did that happen? We believe they just went by John's narrative that she ran away, that she walked out the door on her own accord and was never seen again. Did Marcy believe that right away? No. She never believed it? No. Marcy knew right off the bat there was something extremely wrong. Did she tell the police that right off the bat? Absolutely. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. 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 There's even footage um, from back then of her talking about the case and- she hopes that nothing bad happened. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. Yeah, so the story that uh, of the last time John saw her as well kind of uh, kind of makes no sense. I mean, leaves leaves a bit to be desired, and, and that's what uh, Marcy feels as well. Obviously, yes, yes. Absolutely. Was John seeing anybody at the time? I believe so. I believe he might be married to her today. But I can't be for sure because I'm told different stories. Was there anybody else that would, could have been at the house when he brought Alicia back? Not that I'm aware of that there would have been. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think he had a live-in girlfriend or a live-in wife at the time. And how about any uh, indications of substance abuse or alcohol abuse or anything of that sort? Um, I've heard rumors that he was a drinker, but nothing profound. What were the effects on the community when Alicia went missing? Strangely, I don't remember there really being much talked about. I think maybe because she supposedly disappeared from Blairsville, that Wimber kind of didn't take the case seriously. And also because of the runaway scenario, I don't think the case was taken seriously for a long time. Because I don't, I honestly don't remember much being said or going on about her case back then. That's really unfortunate because you know it'd be like much different today. Oh, absolutely. It would be much different today, yes. Was there any fear out there from you or your friends that... Alicia was taken off the street by someone? No. And it could happen? No. No, because we never believed she ran away. Right, and you didn't believe it was random. Yeah. Yeah, even at 15, I didn't believe she ran away. Or 16, I was 16 then. I don't believe she ever ran away. And there wasn't any other abductions in the area that caused any alarm? There were, but it a lot of those, it just didn't. To us, it just didn't pertain to her. I see. And you mentioned these hoax letters. There was a hoax letter, and then later you discovered that there were more than one. Can yeah. you get into that a little bit? Where'd they come from? Who claims this? what they say? Uh, supposedly, they were sent to John in October of, I believe it was 2001. And uh, the cops did go to where the postmark was on it and they found that the person that lived there had no clue about the letters about the case where Blairsville was from what I understand what the letter says it just kind of gives where they put her what they did to her the second letter that was mentioned in an article that uh, the Daily American put out they mentioned a second letter of which we have no clue what that's about at all We have no clue at all what that one's about. It's weird, right? So the first letter had a postmark from, uh, I believe, New Bedford, New Hampshire. And then there was an actual, like, physical return address on it. So name and a physical return address, yeah. Yeah. What a random place. 
yes. New Bedford, New Hampshire. Yeah, we we did a little bit of research into that one though. It actually we don't feel it's that random at all. Oh, go on. They could have been up in that area visiting family. Okay, so did it track back to an actual address and an actual person? No, it's just the area. You know, it's just within a few half hour to an hour to two hours from where the visitation could have took place with, with certain with family members of his. Oh, so John had family up in that area, up yes. around New Bedford. And more Rhode Island. Than... Okay. You said that the people who the letter came from or the person didn't know the town, didn't know. We don't believe that anybody but who got the letter has something to do with it. That's what our belief is. Because it's just so weird and so random. So these are just the scenarios that we, we talk about. So you don't think the letter was sent by the killer or something like that? Well, I guess in a sense you can say it was. Interesting. So sort of a hoax, but not really? Yeah, I, I think it's fabricated, absolutely. But I think it was to throw throw things off. And in the letter, it described a place where her body had been placed. Was that searched, do you know, that area? Yeah, they did talk about that in the paper, that they did search this area. But they were supposed to go back when winter ended, and the, the police never went back. Have you ever considered searching that area, or you, do you believe that her body is if not If I there? was back home, I, prob- I actually would have already searched. Yeah. If I was back home, I already would, would have went and looked. Was the area that the letter suggested an area that uh, could have concealed a, a body, I guess? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's like woods or something? Yeah, yeah, There's there's like a bridge area. If, if you read um, the newspaper article about it, you can kind of, and you know the area, you can kind of figure out where they're talking about. And how far away from either location, meaning her mom or her dad's residence, is this area? Well, the mom's re- residence, it's nowhere near there. It, it's in Blairsville, the area, definitely. And it's just right down the road from where she just. The area in which the letter says that her body is? is yeah, in Blairsville? it's. it's it's yeah, it's just right down the road, pretty much, from where she vanished, where she supposedly vanished oh, from geez. in Blairsville. I see. So, in your opinion, that's a a pretty decent spot to uh, search again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's my opinion, of course. Yeah. Just from reading things. Is that one of the only spots you can think of to search right now, or or do you have a few on your list? Well, there's where the, his car was burned. Also, that would be a. Another area. Right. That's a pretty weird element as well, huh? Yeah. Yes. Tell us about this. I, about a year after um, Alicia vanished, they found his car burned up about 13 miles from Blairsville in the, the Salzburg area. Who found the car and how long did it take before it was linked back to John? From the article that I was reading, um, Pennsylvania State Police found it burned. And it supposedly disappeared at one in the morning that Thursday and was found at 6.50 a.m. So five, almost seven hours later, they found it from when it supposedly disappeared. Okay. And what was John's story about it? He believes that somebody stole it and took it and burned it. 
So he he claimed that he thought someone stole it right from his driveway, huh? Yeah, yeah. Was there a lot of uh, car thefts around that time in that area? I actually don't know. I didn't really look into the statistics of, of the car thefts back then. What kind of car was it? It was a 87 Subaru. So it, was a, it was a brand new car. So a brand new car, I can see that someone might find that appealing if they're looking to steal a car, I guess. I don't know. But then the whole burning of it doesn't really make much sense to me. No, I don't know anybody that's honestly stolen a car and just burned it for no reason at all. I've never heard of that. Right. Was it the same car that he used to pick up Alicia? We believe so. We believe so. And this was pretty soon after Alicia's disappearance. It was a year and, what did we figure, about a year and three days or something like that. And it was ex- almost exactly a year to the day that the child support hearing was supposed Almost exactly a year to the day that the child support hearing. Only one hearing. day difference. The child support hearing was, I believe, on May 6th. The f- previous year it was supposed to be on, and the car was found May 5th. Was there anything going on in the investigation that would indicate the walls closing in on him? No, we can't even really find a newspaper article other than, you know, she's still missing. You know, still believed to be a runaway, and that's all we can find in the papers. Have you spoken to any of the original detectives who worked on this case? Any of them retired? No. Sokol, who's um, was the main investigator, he's retired and he he doesn't return anybody's phone calls or, or you know he's. But uh, and a few of the other investigators over the years, I've spoke to one. Back in, I think ninety four, and that was the last one, other than the current detective that I've spoke to. Do they appreciate what you're doing now? I hope so. I hope so. No, because anything that we think of, we do call them and tell them, hey, there's this that we we think we th- would be interesting. They don't really keep, you know, it, it's which I don't blame them. It, it, some things do need to be kept private in order, because it is an active investigation. Do you send them tips that come in to you via the Facebook page? Yeah, but I don't really, we don't really get any tips. You know, we automatically tell people, no, call the PSP at this phone number if you have anything of interest. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsors. And now we're back to the program. And I apologize if we already said this before and I didn't hear it or something. Is John still residing in that same house or has he moved? Nope, he's still in the same house. Still in the same house. Yes. It's a long time to be in one house. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, and he worked, you know, and from what I understand, he worked and retired from a job in Ohio. What was he doing for work in Ohio? Uh, he worked in some kind of salt mine or something or other. How far away was that from his house? It's a couple-hour drive because it's towards the top of Ohio. So he would work, he, he would drive a couple of hours, like five days a week? He had a place up there also. So he was oh, okay. home mostly on weekends. In Blairsburg, I should say, mostly on weekends. Is there any suspicion that Alicia is somewhere in that area? We've talked about it. We've discussed yeah. it. Yeah. But we don't know. 
all we can do is guess, you know. And did John cooperate with the investigation? I'm going to have to say no, only because I was told that he refuses lie detector tests every time he's asked to take one, which we know they're inadmissible in court, but no, it's like your child's missing. Yeah, exactly. You should be taking it. You should be doing everything you can. Absolutely everything you can. If you don't mind me asking a a more personal question, um, what were the effects on Alicia's loss in your life? Did it make trusting people uh, different throughout your life? Oh, absolutely it did. Yes. Yeah. Um, my, I've got a daughter, as you guys saw. <laughs> and uh, I, I kept her very close. She, she was very overprotective. Even though I know it wasn't a kidnapping situation or anything, it, it's still in the back of your mind, you go, well, what if it was? You know? So she, she was kept very, very overprotective, very close. And your family is well aware of Alicia's case as well? Oh, yes. Yes. Has it affected their lives as well, other than, um, you know, the effects you put into place? No, I don't think so. No, because I, I was closest to her. Now, my sister was close with her, but not. I was the closest in my family. And as you're looking into this, do you have maybe a formal or an informal checklist that you go through? as things develop in your civilian investigation? I do keep a timeline and I, and I keep notes on it. Yes. And that's me and Jindy go back and forth and, and a few of the other girls that we talk with and, and do this with, we, we all kind of keep a timeline of, of things we see new or think. Mm-hmm. And do you have any plans to meet up with Jindy and cause she still lives in that area? Yeah, I've been home three times already in the past year, which is more than I've been home pretty much in the past 30 years. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so so we, I do try to get home more often now. Plus, my mom's not getting any younger, so and doesn't travel as well. So I do try to get home and we'll, we'll sit and talk about the case. And, and we did the remembrance back in April for her. So we, we try to do, do what we can to get when we do get together. Yeah, it was the uh, 35th anniversary back in April. Um, yes. Can you tell us how they, the event went? I think it went pretty well. It, it was emotional, though. It was very emotional. You know, the, our principal back when we were in high school did a speech that was just tremendous. Yeah, he, he did an awesome job on that. It, it was an emotional time. The principal at the time? Yeah, when she vanished. Yeah, he did a, did a speech for us. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty good, we were hoping for more of an outcome, but it, it turned out good. Any highlights uh, you can share from the from that speech? He, he just talked about, you know, her being a, an AB student. You know, she, she was a very good student, which was one of the reasons why we didn't understand why the grades was an issue in, in the arguments that we were told about she had with her dad. Um, he, he talked about how she was very outspoken. You know, she was, she was, a, she was funny. She was a jokester. He, he talked about all those. And you mentioned she ran track. Do you know what events she did? No, I don't. I don't know what, because I know she was pretty new into it. You know, I've, I've watched them practice, but I've never really went to one of the actual events. Was she fast? From what I'm told, she was. Yes. Do you have plans to make this an annual event? We are talking about it. Yes. We definitely want to, 
that I might not be able to come home every year for it, but we have been talking about doing it again. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, do you ever get any sort of uh, anxiety or apprehension or nervous because of uh, individuals that are still out there who might end up finding out that you? I sometimes don't. I might open my mouth too much, but she's still missing. She's not here. You know, somebody's got to be her voice. And you erected a billboard. Can you tell us uh, what went into that decision and the location? Uh, the location is right outside um, of the home that she was supposedly disappeared from. It's not even probably 15 feet away from the door of where she vanished from. As we're told, she vanished from, but nobody's seen her since she left her mother's house that day with her dad. And uh, that we waited until that billboard became available before we put it up because we wanted that specific spot. Right. And that specific spot being close to where John lives. Yes. Right outside his door, pretty much. So pretty much right outside his door, there's a billboard of his missing daughter who went, who went missing 35 years ago and he still doesn't speak about the case and he still lives in that house. Yep. Yep. That is insane to me. Yeah. I, I can't believe that. That's uh, that sounds uh, like fiction. It is. Yeah, we, the billboard came down in January, but we've been talking about possibly putting one back up. Yeah, let us know when there's a um, an active GoFundMe. We'd love to um, help help spread the word with that. Absolutely. And how did this even come to be, you speaking with us today? Uh, Marcy's um, neighbor, Pat, she uh, was talking to Marcy one day, and she was like, well, let's get something going. You know, let, let's get this put out in the public again. And that's pretty much it's it's snowballed from there. Pat created the Facebook page via the group one. It's the, the original justice for Alicia Markovich page. And it's just kind of steamrolled from there and became what it is today. And our uh, associate, our, our cohort, Jen, had reached out to you? Yes. Or... I think I might have, or somebody messaged her, I think, a while back. And mm -hmm. I guess um, she finally finally got a spot for us. Because I guess you guys have been, we're super busy, and she finally got a spot for us. To... A lot of missing people. Yes. Sadly, there is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we really appreciate your time and uh, you speaking about this case and raising awareness in the ways you do. It's um, inspiring. It really helps keep us going, too. Thank you. And there is a lot of lot of lot of people behind us. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's get those numbers uh, even even bigger. Yes, absolutely. Is there anything else that you'd like to add about Alicia, the case, the family, your family, your your little cabin? Just again, if there's anything that you think that you know or saw back then in in April of '87, you know, just give the Indiana State Police a call. You know, nothing's too small. Nothing's in, in, insignificant. You know, you know, you just never know what one tiny piece could possibly do. And uh, sorry, I have one last question. Were there any eyewitnesses of the account that John described where Alicia was walking away from him on the street? Nope. Not no. a single eyewitness. Just him. And that was a that's a residential area. Yes. Or you're crossing the highway. Right. Or yeah, it's it's a busy highway. Yeah.
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, Drew Scott here. And I'm Jonathan Scott reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.